You've found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise, we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey guys, it's Tuesday. It's been a weird Monday. We've had freak rainstorms and all kinds of crazy stuff to kick off the week, so we're, we're glad to spend Tuesday with you for another podcast. We've been traveling. We are back. We are shooting. Season 11 is finally all delivered. Yeah, it is. Awesome job, man. The sixth episode is coming this week. It's Thanks for kicking piece. that in the butt it, 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 and it had to be worked there. On. It had yeah. to be worked on for a while, but it's very yeah. exciting. But we're already starting to shoot stuff for the next season, many, many of which will be big pieces that will probably come to YouTube first. We've got a uh, 86s comparison coming in a couple of weeks. This mm-hmm. is the current GR86 that we own against the actual current BRZ with the prior gen thrown in for discussion. We, we've had that in the can for a while. That was not part of the TV season that is coming. We keep, keep having test drives and other stuff. And thank you for all of the really fun comments on the 15-year piece. Yeah, thank you for all your appreciation. We still can't believe it. We're at a place in our year where we're starting kind of the second half. We're starting to do some planning for what's next. Yep. Future seasons, future cars coming out. We're very excited. We've got lots of ideas. We just have had to hold off on executing everything, but now everything's open. It's on. What cars can we get? What Mm -hmm. can we put together? So it's all very exciting. But in the meantime, Blipshift still has three great shirts on sale. Carpain Diem, the Daily Triple Number Five shirt, and Happiness Ahead in a cool new blue charcoal blue. It looks sh- great uh, shade, in this blue color, yeah, which is cool. So go to blipshift.com/slash/collection/slash/everyday-driver. So under the uh, partner stores, Everyday Driver, you can find all of our merchandise on there and support Blipshift, and it supports us and. And uh, you get a great quality shirt, and pretty soon your wardrobe will also be entirely composed of blip shift car shirts. It's crazy. The check engine light shirt that we've had in the past is now called this Car Pain Diem, which I love. The Daily Triple is back in black. It hasn't been black again for a while. It's back on a black shirt. I love it on the black shirt. And my wife has one of these blue Happiness Ahead shirts, and she wanted me to tell you... That your significant others, or if you are a female that watches the show and want a happiness ahead shirt, that the female cut of those shirts is excellent. I, I can't tell you. It she does can look tell good. You. She likes it. I agree. It. So that's very cool. So those shirts are existing. If you want another way to get there, you can go to the store tab on our website, everydaydriver.com. You can go to the store tab and get the blip shift that way. We love those guys, and they make shirts easy. So thank you guys for buying them. This is episode 723. We're already looking ahead on the calendar to two episodes from now on Monday, August 8, 2022. That is at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. We're doing number 725. That is a live podcast streaming on our Test Drive channel. That's youtube.com slash test drive videos. Taking all your car questions, and we're looking forward to that. So jump on and ask us questions. It is car wash season. Always wash your car in a cool, shady spot. And always use the Brilliant Finish Foaming Sprayer or the Boss Foam Cannon from Griot's Garage. You can create a high foam blizzard party right in your driveway with little to no work and avoid the wash-induced scratches. It's the safest way to wash your car. Try the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what the foam is all about. And don't forget, Griot's also has full ceramic family of products including Speed Shine, Wash & Coat, and a 3-in-1 Wax. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed and all the liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order just for our audience. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com.
Our topic Tuesday is from Richard E. in Texas, writing with a question. He's asking if old cars, are they just for rich people? <laughs> He's got a point here, though. He does, yes. He's enjoying the videos on the road trips with our old sports cars. We're enjoying making them. We are. There are Absolutely. lots of fun. We're having so much fun. We have doing two it. of those left. And if you haven't seen the first two, that's the both coasts, West Coast and East Coast. And we still have the North and South trips to, yep. to film. Those will be out later in the year. So Richard is the original owner of a 1999 Honda Prelude. You remember these, right? Yep. Base model with a five-speed manual. He has driven it to 41 states, and it has a little more than 116,000 miles. It's always been maintained by his local Honda dealer, and he's in the process of replacing his struts for the second time. Hmm. He had to find somebody to work on the car that isn't his Honda dealer. One of the shops in the area, he says, will not look at any car older than a 1995 model. So could we explore how to keep your older car on the road in one of our episodes? Will you just open up your wallet and dump it on yes. the car? That's really how. Mm -hmm. But I have thoughts further than that. Richard says one day his son asked him if he was ever going to get a classic car. And his response was that he thinks he's already got it. Yes, you do. I mean, this is what's crazy. Your 99 is almost officially a classic car. We all would like to Strange. rage and say that car is not old enough. But the technical definition is anything 25 years old or older. You're pretty close now. I just never thought of a Prelude as a classic. I know. Yeah, 99, my 99 Prelude is a classic. But, I mean, California has a specific designation. You want to get one of those classic car plates in mm -hmm. California? It's got to be 25 years old. That's the designation. Old Honda CRX. Yeah, I drive a classic car. Yes. What? But, but you and I, I mean, on one level, you and I don't think of either of our cars as classic cars. But both of our cars of the past are older than 25 years old. Yours they is are. almost 40. Yeah. So in, in spite of the fact, honestly, the, the 928 seems like a modern Porsche. It doesn't seem like mm. a old classic Porsche. It doesn't seem like a 60s air-cooled uh, You're right. It seems like you're a right. modern okay. Porsche. Yeah. And yeah. yet it's a 40-year-old car. That's nuts. Well, Richard says he would hate to move to an older car to get the classic car thing because he couldn't keep it on the road, and he doesn't have the resources that Jay Leno has. Side note, nobody has the resources Jay Leno has. <laughs> he, is, he is party of one over there. Well, I want to start with this, Richard, and that is the current internal combustion engine-powered cars that will become classics in 20 and 30 and 40 years from now will also all need the same kinds of upkeep and parts. Mm. Will there be businesses founded solely on creating parts to keep various cars running? We're seeing that already. Mm -hmm. There are businesses out there that specialize in one manufacturer, yeah. Ferrari or Porsche, but I think more businesses will be founded and it's not just about parts. It's not Z1 Motorsports, just, you know, just that business. Yeah. I think they, they've expanded like crazy. There's, they do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I think those kinds of businesses will get into manufacturing parts or even buy tooling from car manufacturers. Well, and I also what if that happened? I also think that 3D printing is completely changing this landscape in a way that's never happened before. Yes, it has. 3D printing stuff, because as that gets better and better and more tolerant of heat and, all, and, and done with more materials, mm -hmm. we're going to be making crazy things to keep these things on the road. Well, additive manufacturing is already a thing in military contracts and car manufacturing. It it does exist. It's just not the right thing for mass production. But mm. I'm wondering if 3D printing saves cars, mm. saves what we want mm. them to save, the kinds of cars. I mean, imagine current Dodge Challengers and Dodge Chargers, like a 2019 Challenger. Yeah, yeah. 30 years from now. Yeah. 
somebody's going to have to keep that up. Will Stellantis want to provide parts from their catalog? <laughs> How about our current GR86, a yeah. GR Supra, the GR Corolla, mm-hmm. the new ZR1, or sorry, the uh, the new Nissan Z car from oh, sure. yeah. you know yeah, being yeah. maintained by Z1 Motorsports. But that car, forty years from now, it's still kind of on the same level as that old Prelude. It's mm. an ice powered car, manual transmission, yep. needs parts. Yeah. Yeah, we think everything will, you know, from an aftermarket standpoint, will be there. But what about just OEM parts? Mm. It's simply good business for car Mm -hmm. manufacturers to keep making parts. But what's happening? Porsches of all kinds. I love that. But the current car buying dilemma, which is this, your 10 to 15 year old car is beginning to need constant repairs. And does it fall under the same category of problems? 10 to 15 years old, many car manufacturers want to kind of switch to a, a different yeah, sales yeah. model, different sales strategy, new kinds of cars. Are Is a 10 to 15-year-old car now in the same category as an old classic car and shops don't want to touch it? Will dealerships continue to support mm. it? It's not a classic, but there's a fine point at which a car is not worth much but continues to fill a need. But then it also requires more than the usual amount of repairs. Mm-hmm. So short of creating a spreadsheet to determine how your repairs will be amortized over Make the that years Make versus buying the new car, you're probably going to wait until it's absolutely necessary to replace it. But what about auctions? If those crazy special cars that we see auctioned off that we go, yes, oh my gosh, I mm-hmm. dream about that car. If it doesn't have any parts availability and nobody's willing to make them, what value do those cars have besides being sculpture? Well, yes, we we talk about this with the bring a trailer effect all the time. These people that are selling delivery miles cars, you can't drive those mm-hmm. because the amount of pl- pieces you have to replace are pretty much everything that was rubber on the car from 30 years ago. You have to replace it all. The car's never really been run. Yeah. So it's not drivable. Mm-hmm. And it was it was bought for a lot of money because no one drove it. So you right, just right. bought a piece of sculpture. I 100% agree with that. So old cars, really old cars, cars that are 50 plus years old, are they just for rich people who can afford the upkeep and are willing to invest in new technology? Like you mentioned, 3D printing just to keep them running, like old Packards, the really old stuff. Oh, yeah. Cadillacs, Duesenbergs, Alfa Romeos. What about Buick GNXs that were built solely to be auctioned off and put no miles on? They, mm-hmm. they weren't made to be driven. No, why would you do why that? Why would you drive a Grand National? Mm-hmm. That, that Those are the ones Just that get the crazy delivery miles keep on it the and auction it's it off. that car, exactly. And, you know, the weird Citroens from the 1970s mm-hmm. and Mitsubishi Stereons and so forth. But many cars deserve to be immortalized in Wikipedia and never heard from again. Never seen again. <laughs> You've read about them. You've seen a photo. It has a wiki shrine and we're done. You will never see that again. But here's a question, Richard. Why would manufacturers continue to build continuation cars like Aston Martin DB5s and Blower Bentleys? On the other hand, those are already spoken for and they're quickly bought by wealthy collectors. Mm -hmm. But the collectors of the original cars are complaining because it devalues their old, old car because the manufacturer decided to build the continuation car. But it sounds crazy to think, would, is anybody going to build or restore Teslas year from, years from now? Is anybody going to build a continuation Model X? You know what I think it's going to be? It's going to be like the old Packards. It's going In to what be, sense? It's going to be the innovative car that there's a few of and a few people keep them running. But other than being, oh, that is right. That is how they did it. And that really was revolutionary for the time. Those are going to be the discussions of the early Teslas. Okay. I don't think it's going to be like 
well, there's a ton of old Teslas running around. I don't think so. But I, I don't think, think there's so going to be people that, because the technology is moving so quickly. I think all these EV cars are going to go out of fashion fast. But the early Teslas are going to be like, they're going to be like the Packards. Like, oh, three lights. That's right. Oh, the light turns. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> well, car makers want to just build new cars. They want to sell them for profit. And I wonder if there's going to be a big business found in keeping old cars alive, especially if synthetic fuels become a reality. But here's the problem, Richard, that it is safety. Old airbags, old seatbelt mechanisms, old sensors, data, you know, sensors around the car, park distance sensors, a lack of OBD ports, like on my 928, or mm-hmm, obsolete mm-hmm. anything on the car. So wiring harnesses carrying lots of data in modern cars. What happens to those when they get kind of corroded yeah. later on, yeah, 20 yeah. years from now, yeah, 30 yeah. years? Here's an example. Subarus, they last a long time, right? Yeah, theoretically. We're sold. We're, the commercials tell mm-hmm. us yeah. you'll buy this car new and you'll have it when your young kids start to drive. You bought it when you got married. You uh-huh. brought your child home from the hospital uh-huh. and, and they just left for college in the same car. Same car. How heartwarming. <sighs> yeah. Is that super eyesight technology that their sales are based upon now? Will that become an internet meme in the future because cavemen used to drive Subarus with eyesight technology? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be worth the cost to maintain a current, very modern car because of all the current, Maybe. very modern things Maybe. in it. Maybe that will be old in five minutes. Yeah. Whereas the older stuff is still appealing. So what's the cutoff year? Someone mm-hmm. has to save Honda S2000s and NSXs. They're, they're, they'll be okay. They'll, they'll be around. I think so. But in the history of the automobile, those have very modern ECUs. Those are yeah, modern true. cars. Yeah, are yeah. they not? Mm-hmm. But 20 years from now, does anyone want to volunteer to take on the running costs and restoration costs of, say, a 2004 Lamborghini Gallardo? Will those be cool again? (laughs) A Lambo with normal doors. Right. How about a 40-year-old Urus? Mm. Seems sketchy. A 10-year-old Urus. (laughs) See, that's the sketchy makes one. That that's, LM truck from Lamborghini that makes that seem like a wise that's investment. That's when we're going to return to the cheap sedans idea. We're going to go to the cheap, super high-performance SUVs in about 10 years and buy an old Urus for nothing and terrify ourselves. Do you, does anybody want a 10, 12, 15-year-old Urus? <laughs> Who's buying that? Somebody that has patience and money. Well, is it worth your dollars to mm. pour into it, or is it worth our dollars to pour into the cheaper, even older cars that seem simpler? Because as cars progress, more stuff gets packed on. They get heavier because the wiring harnesses get thicker. Everything gets, yeah, everything gets more, yeah. Someone will always want to restore an old car, but the question is, what's old? And why is practically any Porsche worth saving? Like, you know, are 924 is suddenly going to become cool again? I've always liked Chance's idea about that old 912 mm-hmm. with a base 718 Cayman engine in it. Yeah, absolutely. That's Four really appealing. It's, it's still a flat four. What are you talking about? Exactly. But that introduces the proliferation of powertrain swaps. We'll get more Frankenstein cars that don't have any of their original powertrain, but the cars will exist. So welcome to the future of non-original cars. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of them. I mean, Richard, imagine a full EV swap for your Prelude. Yeah, yeah, which actually might make it maintain longer, which is crazy to think about. It might, but what's the fun-to-drive factor weighed against the cost of a powertrain swap? Yep, agreed. Weighed against the lack of those cars' availability in the market just because they're excellent to drive, but there's so few left, they're either too valuable to drive or so valuable it doesn't matter anymore. It's the McLaren F1 thing that we yeah, talk about. Yeah, yeah. Every cool sports car that's worth 10, 20 grand will suddenly be worth McLaren F1 kind of... <laughs> 
not dollars, but it's worth it to somebody. So you can mm-hmm. crash it, let it burn to the ground, let it cool off before you collect the VIN tag. Nice to have a VIN, yeah. And rebuild the car with all non-original parts, but you still have the car. This is still this is still the shell of it, yes. It's like the dilemma of selling your beater. So what's the value in keeping a fun sports car just because it's rare and running out of parts? Or scavenging every other car to make 1,000 perfect versions of that car. So there's only... A thousand Honda S two thousand left on planet Earth because every other one has been fasted and furioused, yeah, and yeah. stripped out, and they're just body shells sitting on top of old four by fours or something. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but I still think this is why auction houses will continue to be important because the cars that don't have any complex wiring or embedded screens will be valuable and fun. And speaking of screens, I am waiting for the intersection of mobile phones and cars, and that hasn't happened yet. It's not connecting to the car. It's cars with no more screens, maybe except for the instrument panel for mm-hmm. the driver. Mm-hmm. But you, your phone is plugged in, center-mounted to the car, and that suddenly powers up the nav system, all its functions, that handles the functions of the car. But it... It knows and connects to the app. That's, that's Apple. They're headed that way. Maybe yeah. you don't have to plug it anymore. You just set it there. It just mounts because it's obviously wireless. Mm-hmm. It just connects to your car. So that means rental cars will have to have burner phones mounted in the <laughs> car, right? But yes. weirdly, that will make cars interesting and relevant again because what if you could just – there's no screen. There's nothing to be mm. obsolete. Mm. The thing that's obsolete is your mobile phone. That's an easier pill to swallow, and you're going to replace it in a year or two anyway. You'll replace likely. that. Yeah. So the phone that powers the thing, that's what gets changed. Hopefully the car itself is robust enough. But you could still just go drive it, and it's a car without a screen. That seems novel these days. If I relate this to movies, oh, okay. that means Mad Max, the entire series, has mm-hmm. proven to be clairvoyant. This is what we're looking at. This scavenge everything else. They still mm-hmm. run, but you've scavenged every yeah, other car yeah, to yeah. make that thing. A lot of non-original it's, parts it's, on those cars. Last V8. It's the very last V8. Right. Yeah. I, I'm very curious about this because as cars have proliferated with more data and more mm-hmm. wiring harnesses and more screens, that doesn't seem like it's worth saving. But maybe they will be. But that's just going to take another leap in technology to keep old tech running unless mm-hmm. the tech can just be changed out like your phone. It's Your phone yeah, runs yeah. the car and that's Hot it. swap stuff. And an app runs the car, and an app on your phone. I don't even know if phones with apps will still be relevant in the future. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fair. But it leaves the car intact to be run by whatever future system. It's just wires. Mm-hmm. Any wire can do anything. <laughs> sure, yeah. The app tells what wire goes, does mm-hmm. what function at that point, and that would save cars again because we're going through this whole period of, does anybody want to save the 2002 M5, the E39? with the terrible screen in the dash that doesn't do anything that you're going to ignore anyway. Mm. And you have to put money into it. Otherwise we're going to get a whole bunch of those cars from the early two thousands that have terrible nav systems. That whole decade from like 90, 98 to probably 2008 when the screens were basically Atari and useless. This is what crippled the Phaeton. I've talked about it before. It's that, it's that ancient technology strapped to the dash. That's like the tipping point, I think, Mm -hmm. because you're not going to want to throw money at, making old technology come alive again, mm. unless it's in a cool old arcade where sure, yeah. you know, yeah, for vintage purposes, yeah. it works perfectly. Yeah. That's kind of useless, but great. It's not going to help the resale value. What helps is the drivability and function of the car. So for your prelude, I say keep driving it. 
find forums, find that support community where they know the person to go to. They know this mechanic. They know here's where to get your parts for that car because it's probably paid off. It's fun mm-hmm. to drive. You've mm-hmm. driven it to yeah. 41 states. Yeah. 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 Keep yeah. driving that thing until you can't find parts. Theoretically, you could drive your car forever. It's just how much money do you want to dump into it? Hi. Yeah, my name's well, Paul. Yeah, yeah you're, you are you are the leader of that group. I mean, this this leads back to your question, Richard, which is you're asking is is this just for rich people? Now, you do have the extreme example in Jay Leno. Mm-hmm. I remember he said in an interview once that some people spend money on yachts and planes, and then he laughed and he said, "Let me introduce you to the steam car," <laughs> because of the amount of money it takes to make a steam car run. Okay, so there's going to be those oddballs like that, Richard. That you're exactly right. They are only for somebody with crazy money. The, the, these are the people that own and run, I'm going to go here, World War II fighter aircraft. Those seem expensive to run. I would lo- I, there, is, there are a few things in the world I would like to have more than a P-51 Mustang. And I have resigned myself to the fact <laughs> that is not happening. Okay? Because the buying yeah. is terrifying. The running makes the buying look like you were joking around. Okay? Oh gosh, yeah. the, the, these... This is why if you see one at an air show, it's typically like, here's our list of sponsors, all of whom are fire hosing money to keep this aircraft in the airs for your enjoyment at an air show. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there will always be those cars, the cars that they, they require somebody like a Jay Leno or somebody with just a love for that car and money to make it run. Having said that. Outside of the special ones, the steam cars, the McLaren F1s, the the, Ferrari, the original Ferrari Testarossas, these kind of things. Yeah. Outside of those, we have this 100-year span of cars. And what it requires is the average person, this is how the average person relates, has one that they love. Now, is that your prelude, Richard, or would you rather it was a different one Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. your prelude, yes, is about classic now. But I, I get the sense, and you haven't said it here, I get the sense with the comments with with your son, the comments with your wife, that maybe you're eyeing something older. I don't know, but I just kind of get that vibe that there's but something can't justify it that because you're of- eyeing because the prelude's already so old and it's already problematic. Right. Why would I go backwards further? Right. If this is already happening with a reliable Honda. Exactly. What will happen I, I with think that's else. going on here, Richard. You haven't said what it is, but I think there's something that's bugging you that you've thought about getting. And now you're like, maybe it's just too old. And it gets back to where you are, Paul, or where I am with the Z. These cars of the past. What's your tolerance level, Richard? Because let's put it this way. If you want to buy an old sports car or an old car period, it's going to have cost. Now that could be straight out of your wallet cost, or it could be time. Mm-hmm. I know plenty of people who keep, old cars running and they do it because they love to wrench. Yeah. They enjoy free time. That is wrenching. I am not that guy. I don't want to spend my little free time wrenching on a car. It needs, I need to climb in. It needs to run. If it doesn't run, it's frustrating. Okay. But there either have to be willing to pay for that. If you want to experience it, exactly. I either have to have now I need to be more more in the rich column. Yeah. To keep it running. Or it's the, the cost is either out of my wallet or out of my time. Mm-hmm. And I do know plenty of people that they have their one classic. Yeah. And they run it and they wrench on it. And when it breaks next weekend, they will wrench on it happily because they also love to wrench it. True. So Richard, are you that guy? Are you a guy that if you had a classic, you would be perfectly happy to put your own time and knuckles and effort into making it run. And then you'll, you'll source apart because the difference is I remember when my dad owned E-types Mm-hmm. I remember this distinctively. This was 
30 years ago, crazy to say, but because it was pre-internet and it was 80s, Mm -hmm. okay, his ability to find Jaguar E-type parts was almost impossible. He would scour the classifieds. He would scour the back of Jaguar magazines, trying to find that part he needed. But you'd think they'd be more readily available. But on the other hand, but you, you had didn't have find, the internet to you go had find to it. find the guy. Now all we have is the ability to find the guy. That's true. With the part. The problem is who's the guy that's going to put the part on for you? Mm-hmm. And this is the problem you're running into with your prelude. So I think it. You have to, as an individual, decide on your tolerance for the cost. That can be the money figure or the time figure. And I love my 300ZX. But if it was a constant problem to me, it would go. I can see that. You'd happily pass on the cost to, of maintenance to somebody else. And and, and I, just, I don't have the money or the time for the 300ZX to not run and stay in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, I hope it keeps running wonderfully. We've got more road trips to do. I'm loving driving it. Loving it. You, Paul, with your 928, decided, I want this car, and I want to make this car be a project for me to learn on yeah. and experience yeah. and embed myself further with this car. It's the exact opposite of your prior 928 experience, where you were not mechanically inclined at all. Yeah. So you're yeah. diving into this one and going, I want to learn that. I want to make that run. Yep. Absolutely. And you've said in our pieces about the fact that, that you've had a connection to that car when it is taking you thousands of miles from home. You're like, yeah, because I made this engine run. Yeah. Now, I don't have that connection to my car for obvious reasons. Sure. But you had money and time to get there. So, Richard, yes. As a plaything, an old car is for wildly rich people only. But as an everyman reality, you pick your love, your car that is the one you want to love. And I, I don't think it's your prelude. I think you're, you're holding cards back. You think on he's email. not letting there on. There is something yeah. that is an old car you are eyeing. And I say, if that's a car you're interested in, you have to weigh the cost for you in dollars or time and figure out if you're willing to do that. And there is a tipping point for every person on the planet, you, Paul, Jay Leno, where the cost becomes too much and that car goes. True, true. But speaking of cost... I have put enough money into that car where I could easily own a brand new GR86. Yes, you could. I could have paid mm-hmm. cash for it at this yes, point. Yes, you could. But I didn't have that cash up front when I bought the 928. Mm-hmm. I scraped out savings and came up with thirteen five to get the 928. And I thought, okay, I'll just put money into it as <laughs> I earn money and get, you know, put it in. I didn't realize it was going to be this much. This is how tuning out of class happens, by the way. Yes, it is. <laughs> but it wasn't the lump sum where I had the choice. Okay, mm-hmm. got this mm-hmm. much to spend. I could just spend a little bit of it and then pour maintenance dollars into it over time, spend the mm-hmm. same amount, or I could mm-hmm. have a sweet other used Cayman, yeah. an additional used Cayman or a GR86 or some kind of cool car in that category. I didn't have the money all up front. It's been a trickle over time, mm-hmm. which takes the sting out of things. And I'm not saying this is noble. <laughs> it's, it's ever so slightly noble in the terms of car enthusiast community. Yes. Because eventually, should more stuff on, on the 928 break, and I could have just thrown in the towel and been like, oh, I'll sell it for four grand to whoever will take it, and they'll run it to the ground. I'll turn it into a wall art. Or Hands are going up around the room, <laughs> by the way. Four grand for that car, hands are going up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. But now it's worth far more to me. And yeah, as you said, yeah, I've yeah. got a connection to it, but it's been dollars over time. Mm-hmm. Jay Leno has dollars now. He has dollars <laughs> later. He has then, now, all the dollars. In the future, dollars exist. Yes. But I think saving these kinds of cars, when people do it over time and they drive them and keep them running, 
the person that bought the Z3, talk to him lately. Yeah, yeah. This the was one, the, 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 the Z3 cheap one we bought. Yeah. We bought it for under $5,000. Chance flew to Vegas, picked it up from a shady used car dealer because mm-hmm. that's what you do in Vegas. That's exactly what you Drove do, especially if you're us. And the owner now drives that all the time, mm-hmm. daily. Mm-hmm. And he's done stuff to it, but he, he loves it. He's thrilled with it. He's like, this is the best car I ever bought, which is fantastic he's, to hear. He's owned things like a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- he's using mm-hmm. it as an actual daily that he loves. It, it's fascinating to hear this story. I'm amazed that he just loves the Z3, and it was the cheapest car he's ever bought. And, it, you know, he's put a race seat in it, and he's done things to it. But still, it just, yeah, it's the most fun he's ever had. And, and he doesn't have this worry, and it still doesn't have an odometer. Whatever has happened to the wiring harness, whatever happened, it still does not record the mileage. It's pretty janky on the instrument panel, but he says, I don't care. I care that it runs now. Mm, I care that it's in good shape and it runs right now. You know, mileage, ooh, who cares? Yeah. 150, 200,000 miles, it's just got to run now. So if we keep these cars running now, that's why I say it's very, ever so slightly noble because- (laughs) You're doing the future car enthusiast community a favor by continuing to keep that car running. At some point, the 928 is going to leave my life. At some point, Richard, that prelude will leave your life. It could go to the junkyard. It could go on to some new owner. And then if there's the community and it's still well-kept enough and still driving, and eventually these cars are going to have hundreds of thousands of miles. Theoretically. Who cares? They've gone through engine rebuilds and new parts, and they just keep running. Because we put the money and time into doing it. That's what proliferates the, the future car enthusiast community. And it won't matter at that point. Let's keep all these cars alive. If you can, mm. it's it's not noble. The, it's, the, you've, really, you've covered. You've, I was it's waiting. Stupid. I was waiting for you to cover out. It's the, stupid. The dollars over time thing, what that does is that numbs you to the pain. It does. You don't realize. It's not, it's not a totally. it's like, it's like I'm a, a gl- lobster in a pot. It's like a glancing blow. Yes. It's like, oh, that didn't feel great, but I'm okay. I, I can handle that. It's okay. Yeah. Versus the, you know, somebody shows you the amortized five-year thing. Like, I can't split <laughs> that. Why did I'm I do that? I'm not going to do that. But yet, well, you know, but, but if I just get the brakes done. Mm-hmm. Then, then it'll be what it needs to be. It, it never is what it needs to be. But then, it, then, and that's what happens. But you also, you can't. I, I don't think it's noble for this one reason, Richard. You can't do this for anybody but you, right? Now there is benefit to the car community at large. Your cars and coffee, and whoever might buy that car next, and the people that have never seen one of those in that good condition running, whatever car we're talking about, right, right. But because of the cost to you personally, you have to do it because it just makes you smile. It's what hot rods are about. You know, yes. It, it just yes. It proliferates. It's stupid. But then when you see a junkyard and some cool car is languishing, you're just like, ah, oh, man. It does hurt. I can't it? afford to bring that car back to life. But why is it there? Why did mm, it have to mm. end up there? Because some people over time just let it go. Yeah, yeah. But I think those cars will have a chance, a better chance of coming back. Problem you're asking is parts, Richard, and I think these businesses are going to be discovered. I think tribal knowledge is key. I think the internet has so much information about keeping just about every car running. Yes, let's let those businesses happen. And if powertrain swaps happen, I've gone through the list already. I keep coming around. I'm in this circular thinking, bashing my head against the wall. That's what I do with my own car. It's because of the 928. God. It's transformed your outlook. I love it. It's so funny. It's the hottest part of the summer, and if you think about it, your dashboard is on the front line of the battle against sun and sun damage, and it really deteriorates over time due to all the UV. A custom Covercraft dash mat protects your dash and keeps it looking new, as well as complementing your interior. 
With a wide variety of fabric styles and colors, you can even customize your dash mat with embroidery or logos like the Everyday Driver logo, or make it completely unique to you and your car. When you're shopping at Covercraft.com, remember to use the code EVERYDAY22 to get a 10% discount, and it ships for free. To get to Covercraft, you can follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com for high-quality covers and dash mats that keep your car protected and looking its best. John Graham's writing in. He has an interesting title on his email. Does he buy now? Does he wait now? And by the way, how do I deal with my HOAs? <laughs> totally separate conversation. We've speared off at other things. By the way, are any of the rest of you on that? What is it called? Oh, is it called next neighbors? door. Next door. That Ugh. thing. Facebook for neighborhoods. I can't stand it. Does this ex- Sorry, side rant. Does this exist for any purpose other than for people to complain? I really don't think so. It's just a forum for you to complain to people in your immediate vicinity that you may not even like. Yeah. And in most cases, I feel like when I read the stuff on, I'm on there rarely. When I read the stuff on there, I'm like, nobody likes anybody on here. Why are we on here? Yeah. uh, Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Been a bad thing for neighbors. I think it's done terrible things for neighborhoods. Let's step outside and like meet our neighbors. Let's not, let's not rage at them online through that thing. Agreed. Unless you're finding something for sale, but that's what Facebook is for. (laughs) And that we all know how awesome that's been, too. It's totally yes. awesome. Well, John writes to us asking what truck we would recommend for his friend. His friend will be in need of a pickup truck because he's having a home built next year. That's kind of where I stopped, John. Your friend is having a home built. I agree. What does that have to do with pickup truck ownership? I thank you for, for landing on that because I read it and had the exact same thought. If your friend was what? building said home. My friend is building a home. Correct. He personally is building said home. He is having me and other friends help him build said home. He needs a truck. I'm with you. Get a truck. My friend is having a home built for him. You don't need a truck. You need a vehicle that gets you to the home site when they're close to done or I need you to check things. And if the home site is muddy, they can get you to the home site. It doesn't matter if the home is brand new or 20 years old or more. You're still going, I'm guessing you're saying, John, this friend is going to have a lot of trips to the home improvement store. To, I guess so. Or furniture, whatever. People building your house, they have trucks. Yeah. How, how is that different than moving into a already existing home and starting a new life and buying furniture and art and stuff for your house? How's that different? Why do you need a pickup truck? I'm with you. He says he doesn't need a full-size truck. He's been a Honda Toyota fan, and he likes good fuel mileage. But John doesn't think he needs a full-size Chevy Ford or Dodge, more truck than he will ever need. We don't think you need a truck. That, yeah. If, 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 again, if people are building your home for you, they have the trucks. They've they got the trucks. Yes. All the products that you order for it mm-hmm. will be delivered in other trucks, <laughs> other people's trucks. You could show up in your Mini Cooper or your Miata at the home site, and the home will continue getting built. Guess what? They probably have delivery for an extra charge. I have no doubt that they don't have to buy a truck. Anyway, onward. John thinks the Maverick could be perfect because it's just the right size, price, and mileage for the hybrid. He says, very good. He also thinks the Ridgeline is another great option. Yes, I see a fair amount of those at the home improvement stores. But he says the starting price of these trucks is pretty high. Mm -hmm. He's not thought about Ranger or Colorado or Tacoma. That's another truck category right in the middle. The Utes is what you're talking about. And the Ridgeline doesn't really count, but kind of. It's trying to be truck it's not sure if it wants to be ute it's it's the bridge car that makes these other ones exist let's be honest yeah john asks should his friend wait should he get one soon i think this is not just for trucks it's for cars in general Mm. speaking to the market 
John's friend doesn't need the truck until next spring because he recently moved to a house with a small driveway. So small two vehicles, nose to nose, nose to tail, hang out over the sidewalk, which is against HOA rules. Somebody at next door is furiously typing right now. Uh, Yes. Did you see that guy that just moved in? He has two cars. He parks them nose to tail and and they... Extend over the sidewalk. hangs out. And as a result, does he know about the kids in this neighborhood? How are we going? This is against HOA. HOA, Sorry. We've seen it in apartment and townhome complexes Mm -hmm. here in Salt Lake. Yep. I cannot believe how much architects don't like people in cars. (laughs) There's just not enough space because they want to pack everybody in. Mm -hmm. Because of HOA rules, he's thinking to sell the SUV, but then we'll have access to three cars for the next few months, so doesn't need a truck right now, and then that'll help fitting all the cars in the driveway and the garage. So what? So hang on. My takeaway at this point is there's already four guys, four cars in this person's life uh, because there's getting. two in the garage and then two on the driveway, and one sticks out. Right. We just so don't know what those are. If he sells the RX, then he has one in the driveway which won't stick out over the over the drive dri- the uh, sidewalk, which we know is against the HOA rules. So he doesn't need a truck right now. Should he sell the RX? So the short answer there is yes. I don't know what the other two cars are, though. Yeah, that's unclear. Ultimately, John's friend wants to wait because it makes the parking situation easier to just own three cars. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Saves on insurance and general maintenance. Also good. And then hoping by next spring, more vehicles will be available. So prices might come down a bit. We hope so, too. What I'm hearing is I want to buy a brand new Apple Mac Pro so I can use the calculator. How I, off base am I? No, I, I, think, I think you're in the right category because of what you started with at the beginning of the email, and that is my friend is having a home built for him. Yeah. He's thinking he needs a truck. I'm not sure your friend needs a truck or truck capability. We like tools for the job. If you want a truck, get a truck. Mm-hmm. They're very useful. I can't say they're fun to drive. We have limited experience as of this recording with all the Rivians and the Hummer EVs and True, the Silverado yeah, yeah. EVs and the Lightning, that will all come. And I've even noticed, I'm driving behind a Rivian the other day, he accelerated from the light. He was enjoying himself, clearly, just oh, yeah, leaving sure. everybody yeah. behind. Yeah. Great. Bye. Driving mm-hmm. off into the sunset. Big time. On a country road or a highway, whatever, you're gone. But as soon as a corner arrives, hello. Mm-hmm. Hi. Mm-hmm. It's me again. There's a so many people that love trucks, and they are awesome. Mm-hmm. They're so versatile. Yeah. But to buy it for just one thing that doesn't make sense, it's hard for me to recommend and say, yeah, even go buy a ute. Because why? John, is your your friend you, by the way? Is this one of those stories? So my friend. Wait. I'm not sure about that. But but anyway, I'm going to put him for, a friend. It, for now. It is your friend, John. And I, I will say this to you, a couple things. The RX is the extra car. It sounds like your friend has four cars. The RX is the extra car, and the AC is dead. Mm-hmm. I don't see a really good reason to keep this. I can't see any reason to keep it. Agreed. So I think it can go. This solves the immediate parking situation while he's waiting for his home to be built. But if your friend decides he would like to have a truck for usability, I will say this to you. If you're going to buy a truck, you're going to buy a seven-seat SUV. You're going to buy something that you think you're going to haul with. Buy it for the hauling you do, not the hauling you imagine you're going to do. The family that you imagine you're going to have. Yes. Well, my wife and I, we've had these emails. My wife and I are getting married. We're going to have a kid in the next four or five years. We're thinking about buying a family car. Why? What? Why? Why? You don't have <laughs> yeah. a family yet. You, it's yeah. the two of you. At, like, get a car the two of you like. Would you have said family? Get said car. Mm-hmm. This is how cars are sold, though. Imagine yes. all the kayaking you will do uh-huh. when you buy sure. this new insert off-roady, trail-lifted, trucky and car to, thing. And to that I say maybe, but I'm of the, I'm of the category of 
find the things you like to do and find the vehicle that matches those things. Not buy the vehicle because you imagine you're going to like doing that thing. I think that's a little weird. I think you have to. I think you have to have the need for it first, or or the strong. I mean, look, I've never had a sport. Your, your person says I've never had a sports car, so I've never driven fast on back roads. But you're a person. Every time you're on a back road, you really wish you had a sports car. Let's get you a sports car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you think I'd like to have a sports car, and all I ever do is commute on straight lines, and I don't ever drive fast, and I need to carry four kids, you don't really need a sports car. Okay, <laughs> so and I love them. And I'd like everybody to have one and sure. enjoy it. But So let's buy a car for the hauling your friend actually does. And if he needs to haul stuff, and maybe he does, used Ridgeline. Why are we buying new? Correct. Because I also Unless get it's availability sense. and cost because of the market's the, the lingering craziness in the market. But a few years old. Hey, get yourself a first-gen Ridgeline. Those are still running, and nobody's marking those up. That's true. Okay? So if, if, yeah. the, if the need here, and this is kind of what I'm reading in, if the need here is I'm going to have a lot of hauling related to the new house being built, and I want to have something that I can just throw stuff in then used Ridgeline is perfect because then when it gets dinged by the new fridge you bought or whatever, you don't care. Mm -hmm. You didn't spend much money. And I also think if he's buying for this purpose, that means when the home is done being built, he'll probably get rid of it. There is no reason to be seeking out the Maverick in the perfect spec in the weird market, which we're not sure about, for something that you're buying it if, in the best case of this, you are buying it to be a tool for a time in your life. So buy the used one that doesn't cost you as much, that can still be the tool and get rid of it when you're done. Mm. So I think the answer here is use Ridgeline because the Santa Cruz, which has a useless bed, but is very fun to drive, and the Maverick haven't been around long enough to be used to actually come down in price. But the Ridgeline, it's the truck that answers this, but it's a used one, not a new one. Jumping over to Facebook, Eric P. Notice the photo that we posted of the new Cadillac Lyric. Mm-hmm. Says it, he feels like it has Audi e-tron proportions, and he likes it because of the regular e-tron. But the question is, should Chevy make a Bolt SS, mm. bump the power output, add stiffer sway bars, and an appearance package to make the first ever EV hot hatch? Eric, your question has made me think of badging, and I have decided oh, I have solved okay. badging for oh, all electric vehicles from here on out. Okay, all the badges are simply screens. Do you see it? On all the places on the car, it's a waterproof screen, and you just dial it in, and it becomes an SS. It's the people that relabel their their base 5 Series as an M5. Yes. Yep, we can solve that now. It's just car. The badges are just screens. Screens can come in any shape and size. Yeah, I like it. And that screen tells you what model it is today based on if you subscribe to the SS package. Oh, stop. That's where I'm going, because if you... All the capability for that Bolt SS is already built into the Bolt. I hate this so much. But then the screen changes because six months into ownership, you decided you want the SS and you decided to pay the extra dollars per month and Uh the screen changes. And guess what? Now you own a Bolt SS because the badge says so. Tesla's in trouble for this right now. I hate this idea so much. screens from here on out. All the badging is screens. Making badges is is done. It's obsolete. (laughs) That's all we've heard about Teslas. Yeah. Everything is all contained in the car. We just, we would decide whether or not you paid enough to have it or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying. Eric, I actually noticed this question as well, and I have a different thought on it, and that is this. I don't think there's a market for this idea yet, even if they built it, and here's why. The number one thing that people ask about, care about, think about, or sell 
an electric car on is range. Yes. It is the thing that matters. Mazda just released a 100-mile, essentially, CX-30 in the last oh, year. And yeah. everybody kind of went, wah, wah, because it's a 100-mile range. Yeah. All the 100-mile range cars, the uh, the BMW i3 that I actually like, the Fiat uh, 500e, the original Mini E, they all had less than 100 miles. And Do you hear about them anymore ever? No. The concern about doing a high-performance version of the Bolt is you're going to Make it more powerful when you put your foot down. You're going to put performance tires on it mm-hmm. so it can perform well, which is going to bring the range down. Do I think it would be fun? Yes. But I bet you, you cut a minimum of 50 miles of range off that car the minute you make a high-performance version. And the minute you bring the range down on these cars, they will not sell. Eric, Mercedes is building the EQS AMG. It's even more expensive. Of course they are. Looks even cooler. All the letters. Matte paint. Mm-hmm. It's tuned up even quicker. Very impressive. But until batteries get to a place where doing the kinds of performance driving all the time you want to do keeps up with the, the battery capabilities, I don't know that we're going to see that many high-performance versions. That's my concern. Unless, unless we figure out the fast charging, then it's a different game. Tesla's still leading the pack on this with all their plaid version. They're just leading the pack. Mm, yeah. hundred D plus, you know, I get it. You want to show off the car. You want to drive fast. You want to take advantage of the capability, but then on any other electric car, if it's not a Tesla, you think to yourself, Ooh, I'm, I'm kind of going too much here. I, I'm yeah. doing too much. I got to back off and I got to save the battery range. So I don't have to plug it in again or but until those performance versions have both and we don't have to choose between models, well, then, yeah, you just subscribe and the badge changes. It's because it's screened. Stop. Maybe it's just under the paint. Just stop. <laughs> Ackham writes in on Twitter. How are you, man? He said he's thinking about lowering his very fixed 34,000 euro budget for a Focus RS. Mm. Apparently, you have decided that is the car for you. He's thinking about lowering that budget by five or 10,000. And then take that money toward car experiences like driving the uh, Scottish NC500, which I, is on my personal list, in a British car, or take a trip through the Alps or a random track day. He said, how much budget should go toward such events? Occam, two thoughts at once here. I don't know that there's a certain amount of budget that you should put aside of your car budget for events, but I do think that those life experiences are going to last with you longer than the car that you bought. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be stuff that you're going to look back on indefinitely. If you, if you buy, and I know you're in Germany, if you buy a focus RS and you commute in it every day and you never take a fun road trip in it, I would rather you bought half as much car and took a bunch of trips all over Europe that were driving trips. I think you're going to get more out of it. Yeah. The great, perfect car, the pinnacle car, it was on the pedestal and I bought it for exactly this amount of money. And now I have it. And it's my mundane car. Now, we want you to have a great car every day. That's the whole point of the show. But I want you to have experiences even in that car. So I'm wondering, Focus RS, what about uh, you get that really cool Fiesta ST we don't get? Oh, yeah. What about get the updated second-gen Fiesta ST that is quite awesome Uh, and then do some car experiences? Mystic Negro asks how you square... Do not mod out of class, the statement. <laughs> I saw this. I'm going to sit here quietly. <laughs> While simultaneously owning a driver-grade 928-shaped hole, which can only be appeased by all the money, in both cases that money will never be seen again, so isn't the point joy? 
Well, yes, you're right, but I'm not modding out of class. I'm not modding at all. As you're a not of making fact. the 920 into something it never There's was. There's no good, modding interesting point. going on. I'm getting it back to its class. <laughs> it's a return to class. It's a return to class, <laughs> not modding out of class. Oh, because over time. Everything got so old, it was not performing as it should. I just want to get back to what it was when it was introduced in its class. Can I make this like it? That's ex- excellent much. answer. Well done. Ted Adam Green says, as EV cars become more common and internal combustion engine cars, theoretically, they're going to be stopped being sold everywhere by 2035. I don't really believe that, by the way, but that's the thing that we're talking about. What's going to happen to the prices of used internal combustion engine cars. Ted, I think many of them are going to linger in cost. They're going to linger in price if we get to a place where they really are only selling you EVs because plenty of people will not have access to the right charging. It doesn't work for their life. They can get gasoline easily. They can't get electricity to their car easily. Or for whatever reason, they don't want to make the jump. And I think that's going to make the last five or five or maybe 10 years of internal combustion engine cars be valuable for a long time. I mean, ones that we don't expect are going to be like, those are still going for that much mm-hmm. because I need a Suburban with a gasoline engine. And so I'm going to buy one of the last five years of yeah. that when she stopped selling it. So I think it, they're going to linger more than we expect. I also think it is a complete free-for-all Wild West show as to when and if they completely stop making these cars. There's an interesting question we haven't dealt with yet. From 11 p.m. on Facebook. I saw this. Asking, well, first of all, his significant other gets motion sickness in electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. He thought it was all in her head until he Googled it, but it's actually a real thing. Any reason the auto media doesn't discuss this more often? Well, first of all, yes, it is a thing. Absolutely and we've experienced it. it yes. And that's because of really one pedal driving. Mainly it's the architecture of electric vehicles and what they can do with electric motors. You, you can accelerate so fast and decelerate, especially when one pedal driving is turned on, that now car manufacturers are making that old style torque converter transmission creep built into the electronics of the car so it behaves like what we're used to it's so instantaneous Mm -hmm. yes it increases the the vulnerability of i have made myself sick on various canyon roads when it's real hot out and Mm -hmm. i haven't had any food in my stomach and i have done it to myself but that's because i'm driving really fast and i realized wow that it's because of the the motions of the car are so abrupt that nobody is used to yeah, yeah we're used to easing into those even if mm-hmm. it's a a clutch take up you sort of you know let the clutch out give it gas and we're easing into it and that you feel that change with each gear shift sure it's sure. un it's like a blender it's on it's just going <laughs> boom fast we're moving now moving it's on or off and that is not what people are used to in driving i know i've mentioned this before 11 p.m. and that is we have a friend who his first ride in a Tesla was another friend of ours. We were all on a drive together. This is a few years back now. And that other driver, he was excited about his Tesla, but he's not a guy that runs canyons. Mm -hmm. And so we would go around a corner, and this this owner would floor it. Oh, yeah. And after the first second, because you you do do a drive with friends, and you keep getting out at various places for overlooks and to swap cars and whatever. At the first swap, our friend riding passenger had to get out of the Tesla. It was making him sick. Mm. So it does happen. Mm. I think the reason you don't hear about it a lot is because 
you're hearing from automotive journalists that are jumping car to car to car to car to car to car constantly. Yeah. yeah. And part of what we do is how fast is this? How fast can I make it break? How fast can I make it corner? So we are more adjusted, if you will, to the forces. I mean, you, you've said, Paul, that you get motion sick sometimes, but that's, that's not common. It's, it's not common. common. And, and yeah. I think, put it another way, I think if you were, didn't do this for a living, it would possibly be more common. Because all Possibly. of us are adapted yeah. as automotive journalists to driving stuff and pushing on it that our body is used to those forces. Now, you take somebody that's not used to those forces all the time mm-hmm. and you put them in an EV where all it is is crazy forces. Yes, this is a thing. And it's going to continue to be a thing. And it is coupled with the fact that that kind of acceleration is not something I think the average driver is used to either. There are question marks down the road here pardon the pun, about all of these things. Because as this gets more and more common, we're going to find more and more, I didn't expect that little subtext about Mm -hmm. driving an electric car. I think car companies are going to build in old feel of driving into their modern technology. Just because that's what people are used to. And they're going to hear about it and say, I don't want to buy that electric car because I don't like how it drives. It makes me ill or I, I don't like mm. the motions of the car. So they'll build in modes where it feels like and it eases in. It doesn't give you all the torque. You floor it once. and it ramps up. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, I can it see that. It might just be a mode, you know, like 67 yeah. Buick mode. And, you know, it's, old automatic setting. <laughs> there we go. It's related to various cars. What, what do you want your electric car to feel like? Yep. And you've got a list of old cars on here, and you can you 64 can Lincoln with suicide doors doing yeah. the parade route. Click. Huh. Yep. And then supply the sound to go alongside that. There you go. We're, we're, we're solving here. things now. MX Moose 8389 says that we've talked about the idea of pay-to-play with speeding tickets, but how much have we paid to play since starting the show? Mm. Do we have an allowance? <laughs> Not no. officially. I, I have to do the walk of shame with my wife if I come home with a ticket. <laughs> Honey, hi. <laughs> so how was your day? Uh, it's great. It's great Here's day. what happened to me. Yeah. Nothing happened today except I got this ticket. I, we don't have an allowance set aside. Maybe we should, but if we did, I think that would only encourage bad behavior and it would encourage like, yeah, I've got the kitty set aside over here and I can dip into it. And it well, that goes on our licenses too. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it does. that affects also when car manufacturers pull our license and they want every <laughs> year, they want to see how our driver's license is doing. They do that and they want to know that they've got good drivers getting into their cars. When they yeah, hand us yeah. a car, they want to know that we're respectful and we're good. And so we just, we have to work around that. There's no one answer here. We have yeah. to com- constantly work around shooting for camera, going fast, understanding what this car feels like. It's not always on track. So how do we manage that against just driving around in traffic? I admit I've been good lately. I <laughs> have other times when I'm not so good. I I've been you. good just driving around. We're all that speed way. limit because I don't want another ticket. And it's not, it's almost not about the money. It's about the shame and the racking up <laughs> points on your driver's license. I see it. I see it. Travels with George J says, any details on the Texas meetup? What he's referring to, and we, I know we've mentioned this, when we go south, we are going to do some sort of meetup in the Austin area. It is either going to be middle of October or middle of November. I don't have any further details yet. It is going to be fairly brief, but we're going to have an evening meal in Austin like we wanted to do when we originally were going to go south with our cars of the past, which was supposed to be like February mm-hmm. and didn't happen. It is going to be either October or November. We have a couple of weekends earmarked. Once we get one lockdown, we'll let you know. But we are about to go north, and so I'm going to mention this because I just don't know. Who of you listening are anywhere near Glacier National Park? 
should we have a meal? I, I don't, I mean, is that, it, it strikes me, the Glacier National Park is going to be you and me and Chance and nobody else. Right, and the okay? glaciers. But if yeah. you're up in that area and you're listening to the podcast and you'd like to join us for a meal, reach out to us, reach out to the email, everydaydrivertv at gmail. Let us know that you're interested. If we can get a little group together, great. I'm not expecting one up there, but we'll see where that happens. That's coming in the next great. few weeks. So keep that in mind as well. Guys, thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate it. Your social media questions, your Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, and most of all, your car debates. Write to us. As Todd said, you know where to reach us. We're always looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.